Welcome to the Unplugged Podcast, where we believe that if you can breathe, you can meditate. All of the answers lie within you, and that you are one meditation away from feeling 10 times better. Today, you'll hear from the best meditation instructors in the world, whose only intention is to help you experience the life-changing benefits of meditation. Hello and welcome to the Unplug Meditation Podcast. I'm so excited. This is my absolute favorite thing to do, to connect with the teachers and share their story. I'm usually as surprised as you are when you hear where they were and what brought them to become a meditation teacher and what they were before, how this happened and how this can happen actually to you too, if you choose to accept your chosen path. So today I'm really excited to talk to Shana Hiller. Shana is someone who actually came to Unplug because we were walking on the street and I'd met her several times and I knew she was dating one of our epic sound healers. And I looked at her and I was like, and she's a very famous yoga instructor, by the way. I'm like, I want you on the Unplug platform. It was in that split second that it happened. Mm. So Shana, welcome to the Unplugged podcast. And I just really love to start this off of who are you? Where did you come from? What did you do before this? And what brought you to this moment of teaching yoga and do and like helping people with their sex lives and teaching meditation? I'd love to hear the entire story. Wow. How long do we have? <laughs> you know, uh, I'm going to do the nutshell. Just do the inner oh, nutshell. It's like a, it's a nice, it's a nice nutshell. Okay. Um, and, and first of all, thank you. I really appreciate this opportunity to share because it is true that even if you don't consider yourself to be on the um, path in this moment of leading toward whether it's uh, practicing meditation or teaching meditation, uh, this is something that for me wasn't even necessarily a conscious choice. So going back to when you and I actually met in person the first time, it actually connects to this story. So I was actually, uh, we, we, we saw each other outside of a, a fancy schmancy hair salon <laughs> in Santa Monica. And I was getting my hair done. And before I fell into the world of yoga and meditation and the healing work, uh, I was doing hair in New Jersey. I used to live in New Jersey and I was doing hair. I was washing hair, coloring hair. And I came from a very different upbringing and background. And I mean, if you were to tell me when I was in my teens or um, yeah, my teens, because I started teaching when I was 20 years old, um, if you were to, to, to tell me, oh, you're gonna become a yoga teacher, it was like a stark contrast to that. Not only that, I mean, I also do, uh, holistic nutrition and have my certification in that. And I grew up on fast food and cigarettes, literally. I grew up on Wendy's and McDonald's like forever. And I remember my mom used to always kind of, not in a mean way, but she's like, Shana, when I'd bring the big bag of potato chips up to my room and just sit there, I never exercised. I didn't do anything. I just wanted to like be with boys and like eat pizza and hang out with my friends. I guess we all go through our phases, right? Adolescence. Um, but I remember feeling so turned off when she said, you know, that's not healthy for you. I didn't get it. I didn't understand what that meant. I just felt like she was uh, you know, being mean to me and saying, tell me what not to do. 
So of course, what do we do when we're told not to do? We do the thing we're not supposed to do. So I was kind of like a rebel back in the day. I'd always be sneaking out of the house and, you know, different consciousness, not good, not bad, not better, not worse. That being said, I'm doing the nutshell version, went to college against my desire, but you know, that's how things go. We just, that's what you got to do. So uh, in university, I took up exercise because there were hot guys at the gym, not going to lie. There were hot guys at the gym. And I was like, oh, I can just like read my Us Weekly magazine and sit on the stationary bike and like just scan the people. And like, that's fun. And it's an interesting thing, Susie, because as I, as I started, I had a roommate at the time who she kind of like inspired me. She was an athlete and I had never, I was sedentary, like not into it. Just wanted to like, you know, get my hair done and, and, and chill. And she, she started telling me, she goes, you know, you really feel good. You'll feel really good. It's like, it's this natural high when you start to like move your body and there's hot guys at the gym started going and little by little, because you know, what we do physically, which of course led me to an expanded mind and more inspiration. It changes the course of our lives. So, and it changes our body. So little by little, even though I wasn't exerting a lot of effort per se at the gym, my body started to change and I noticed it. I received uh, different attention from men and other people. And I said, oh, oh, okay. I guess this working out thing is really working. And so I took it to the extreme though. I took it to the way extreme. So this is the, you know, fast forward version to an intense eating disorder, um, over-exercising, like the, the beyond extreme. And I was actually studying abroad in Australia my last year of college. And I went to go take a kickboxing class. I was really into like high intensity, everything and cardio. And I would work out like three times a day, walked into the class and it was, it was um, a sub and it was a yoga and meditation class. And I was like, crap. And I was trapped. I like couldn't leave. It was at, at that point, I was like in the back corner of the room and I'm like, this is going to be so boring. I remember thinking that and two things. One is not only was it not boring because it was like a, a vinyasa style yoga, like the more vigorous yoga, but in the background, this just goes to show how like I was just so not with the vibe. There was this, um, what I thought was a lawnmower outside in the courtyard. And I was so frustrated by this. Gosh, why would they mow the lawn? Like, okay, it's yoga. Now, why would they mow the lawn knowing there's a yoga class going on? Fast forward several years, I started to hear the same thing in a yoga class. It was an ohm sound, you know, like the, the mantra in the background, like a meditation mantra. So I was distracted by something that's actually meant to bring me to a place of inner peace. And so my point with sharing this story is that, yes, I quote unquote, fell into it. I wasn't expecting it, but the experience afterward was something I had never, uh, never had before. And I remember the exact moment the teacher said, relax the muscles above your skull. And I said, oh my God, I think I just did that. And I've never done that before. I think I used to have this vein that would stick out. It's like, my, I call it my third eye vein. It just used to stick out because I was under so much stress all the time. And I wasn't aware that I was until I did something that took me out of it. 
And it was really the meditative aspect of the yoga. I had a physical practice already. It wasn't just that, but that it satisfied something because I could get that energy out. And then I sat there and I was floating. What is this? So I became interested in finding out more. When I like something, I go all in. Whether that's, you know, <laughs> Wendy's chocolate shakes or yoga. So things started to shift. So I wanted to know everything because I started taking more yoga classes and meditation classes. And I said, what, like how I, I found a teacher that I trusted. So this is a thing is there's so many, especially now this is before meditation was popular or cool. And I found a teacher that I really loved in Rhode Island where I was going to college. Once I got back from Australia, I continued my practice and I said, where, where can I learn more? Cause I know this is not just about the body. This is about the mind. And I really actually appreciated the meditative and the philosophical aspects more almost than the physical. And she said, okay, if you have the time and the money go to Costa Rica for a month, study with these people. And I did, and it changed my life. So Wait, I have to journey. interrupt you. Who yes. are the people? What college were you at? I'm curious. Yeah. I was in the university of Rhode Island and I studied at bond university in Australia for six months. Um, I was studying journalism and fashion merchandising. I do have a double degree in journalism and fashion. So I was like doing all the stuff and, and hair. And I really wanted to be a hairdresser. After college, I was unsatisfied with the degrees I had. I really, I only chose fashion because I like to shop. Then I, then I like kind of dropped that because I had to take a chemistry class and I hate, so I didn't want to do science. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll do journalism because I like creative writing. Then I found out it's not creative because it's all, you know, political journalism. I didn't know that. I'm like, gosh, I just want to do hair. But at the time I had also established this, this yoga practice. After college, I said, I really want to do hair and do yoga. And my parents were like, all right, well, you got to choose one. Okay. So no worries. So I do want to go back to, you decided to go on this yoga retreat to learn yoga. Training. Yes. Ooh, I want to hear about that. So the yoga training, uh, I decided to go on this yoga training to learn more, to deepen my practice, because I knew that I was just getting the tip of the iceberg. I knew there was more. So I went to Costa Rica and mind you, I thought I was going there to learn how to teach people how to stretch, or at least that's what I thought. And little did I know the first moment that I dropped into meditation, I just started bawling. I had no idea why. And so it was a transformational journey. It was a four week, 28 day intensive training, full on immersion. And I met like-minded people, which I always thought that I was, well, so I'm the, I'm the black sheep of the family, <laughs> anyone else? And I used to judge myself for that. And I felt at times that, you know, I, I fit in with people, but it took me so much effort because I always felt like I was different. So I would like drink at parties just to kind of be social and kind of adapt to that. But I never felt 100% in my element until I went to this training. I literally felt like I was transported to another planet. I'm like, my tribe, my peeps. So it's like, yeah, I learned how to teach yoga, but I also developed this feeling of, all right, like confidence, self-confidence and, and self-acceptance and self-love along the way. So 
The journey was uh, an experiential journey, as is any type of a yoga or meditation training, um, of being immersed in it to the extent that it becomes you, like you become meditation, you become yoga. And so it's something that through that experience, because of the profound shifts that I had at the time from letting go listen, I was going through a really, really tough time. It didn't, it didn't, uh, things didn't heal in that month, but that was the beginning. So what I find is that meditation, yoga, this whole realm, it, can, it, it will bring up whatever's unprocessed so it can be swept away and we can be like left feeling, ah, oh, so peaceful and so clear. So the journey was like this up and down journey, but there was something beyond oh, I don't like this. This is challenging. There was this knowingness. And so holistically speaking, the training led me to find myself, whatever that means. It led me to find something that's beyond my mind. It's beyond even my body. It's something that's here. I can call it my intuition, a sense of inner guidance, a sense of trusting my own unique path. And so I felt a... Um, uh, need to share this with other people. It wasn't so much like, like I, I, I coach yoga and meditation teachers now who want to, you know, grow their business teaching yoga. I just was like, I have to, this is a karmic contract. I have no other choice. You know, I even tried to stop teaching several times and nope, universe is like you, you in this for life girl. So I've surrendered to that. And, um, and it's beautiful. And I, and it's funny because, you know, I, I did my first yoga teacher training almost 16 years ago and it was still a weird thing that only hippies did. And like my family didn't understand it. No one understood it. So to see like, like I remember when I even heard about Unplug for the first time through Diego, I'm like, wait a second. You mean there's no yoga? It's just meditation? Like, oh my God. Like, and it's like not, it's geared toward more mainstream people to help everybody with any type of stress or anything in their life. And it doesn't have to be this, this intimidating, scary thing. I said, oh my gosh, okay, things are moving in the right direction. So it's amazing. I wanna know where exactly are you from in New Jersey? Uh, Northern New Jersey, Montvale, Bergen County. Okay. Who was your yoga instructor in Bali? Oh, in Costa Rica, it was, um, yeah, I didn't go to Bali until much later, but Costa Rica was Don and Amma Stapleton uh, from the Nasari Yoga Institute. They don't, uh, they don't teach anymore. They're both, they teach, but they're kind of retired. I feel very fortunate and blessed to have received their transmissions because then things started to change and, you know, more and more things started to grow and they, they moved on, but they had been teaching. Uh, Don was a, a monk and lived in a monastery for like 20 years. Amba was one of his disciples. They ended up getting married and the most beautiful heart-centered uh, bundle, if you will, couple uh, teachers, so deep, so deeply studied, so wise and live yoga. And that's what I aim to do. How many kids were in your family? And why are you the black sheep? <laughs> I'm here. Um, well, I have one sister, one full sister who's younger than me and two half sisters. And then just my, my parents, why am I the black sheep? Probably just because I, I never felt a hundred percent, um, like aligned, like, you know, I never had these like dreams of, oh, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to have this family and this house and this car and this, uh, job. And, you know, I've always been kind of like the curious explorer, and like, remember I mentioned that when I was younger, I used to like rebel a lot. I think that was just um, my 
only way because my consciousness was not evolved at the time. Like that was my way of kind of saying to the universe, like I'm different and I'm owning that I'm different. But ultimately I was kind of hurting myself in the process too, because I was being sneaky. But now it's like, because of learning yoga and meditation and embracing this path, now I celebrate my uniqueness and I teach that we're all unique. And I teach and I encourage people to go inside of themselves and take some time to slow down and sit and get quiet and observe the movement of the mind. And in that realize you are not your mind. And we all know this at the deepest level, even if you don't know that you know. Mm -hmm. What year was it that you started teaching yoga and meditation? 2006. Wow. So that in LA, you moved out here? I moved out to LA uh, uh, about almost eight years ago. So I was actually deciding between moving to a monastery in Japan and shaving my head and moving to Los Angeles and getting hair extensions. When you were in? I was in Costa Rica. Okay. Oh, so you stayed there. I stayed in Costa Rica. Yeah. I was on and off between Costa Rica and Wall Street, literally, um, for about five years. It's a, I'm telling you the nutshell version, but I've been everywhere. And I want to repress the rewind button for a second. Um, So you were a hairdresser after, now were you doing fashion shoots? Were you doing, were you working in a salon? Like salon, I was doing, I was most, yeah, New York and New Jersey. So in New Jersey, I worked at a salon for many years. I was just like washing hair and like sweeping. And then I worked as a receptionist at a super fancy salon on Madison Avenue in New York. Which one? It's called, uh, not John Anthony, uh, Angelo David Salon, 43rd uh-huh. in Madison, right by Grand Central Station. I was like really into like the, you know, the nice vibes of New York and I loved it. Like I had my time as like a gourmet foodie and just a club going, you know, person. I, I, I tasted it. I, I like to taste different things, right? you know? And I like to actually incorporate everything that tastes good to me into one. And that's what I really appreciate about what you created because it's, it's everything. It doesn't have to just be one thing. And meditation should be part of every single day because it allows us to experience the, the magic that all of life has to offer. So it's that, that all-inclusive um, following desire, following your passion. Like that's really what I aim to teach. When I, when I think of you also, you have this like great, online presence where you go on and then you send this like seven day freebie where you're like, this is your mind. This is your body. This is your soul. This is your food. This is your life. This is, and it's almost like, I feel like you're talking to me and you're giving me the best advice based on this. Where is that freebie? And what is that again? Yeah. It's called one week to wellness. It's right now, right. When you get onto my site, it's just a seven day mini you get emailed a video a day um, that will support you in what I believe constitutes a, a balanced life because we are multidimensional beings. Like mm-hmm. when we go to the gym, we work on our body. When we go to meditation, we work on our mind mm-hmm. and our soul and our heart and our body technically because rewiring your mind can change your body. So meditation is kind of the all encompassing, but it's like you know, it's very easy. I started out as a nutrition coach. I went to school also in addition to yoga and meditation, also for holistic nutrition. And I was coaching people primarily on food forever. Then I found there's a lot of unresolved issues, even when people start eating healthy and losing weight and they're still not happy. What is it? So I started to 
research that and look deeper into that. And it's like, oh, it's, it's, it's more, it's self-love, it's understanding your sexuality and your sensuality, it's uh, your diet and it's your physical activity. It's meaningful relationships, it's your career choices. So, and your relationship with money in general. So all of this is part of what I offer in One Week to Wellness, because it's hard to just, it's not just one thing. I would highly recommend it to anybody who's listening to this or watching this on YouTube to definitely check it out because it's just so nice to get those emails every single day. I loved that. Thanks. Um, You also do something, you're really funny too. And I don't know if you're an actress or if it's just you being you, but like, I love going on your Instagram and you know, you're wearing a mustache or you look like Rachel Marks or I'm like, well, I don't understand what she's doing, but it's cracking me up. I love Can you. Can you tell me a little bit about that? What is that? I do it for me um, because I like to laugh. Um, this is the thing is I really do it for me because I'm like, how can I make this social media thing fun for me to do? You know, to put ourselves out there in a way that inspires and um, teaches someone and provides value is very important. So anything that I do and put out there always has a deeper intention. This is what I've learned along the way. And mind you, I've also done trainings in laughter yoga. So it's a thing. Our immune system is definitely enhanced through gratitude. It's definitely enhanced through deep breathing. It's definitely enhanced through um, any type of slowing down. It's very much enhanced through laughter. Not only is it a total stimulation for the parasympathetic nervous system, but it's impossible to be thinking and in deep belly laugh at the same time. When we are laughing, real laughter, we are relaxed. So when we're relaxed, we are receptive. So I will aim, if you want to know my method, which is a, it's an automatic method, but I'll aim because I had a lot of teachers who were funny. Mm -hmm. and but deep (laughs) and like teaching i'll teach something through laughter because i find that when people are in a state of it's almost ecstasy and that breath is happening on its own and (laughs) it goes in as opposed to let me study that what was that tool that tip that she gave me so it just goes right in it just Mm -hmm. absorbs and i mean i remember my first yoga teacher ever it was before hot yoga was like a thing, we used to have space heaters in this little basement in Rhode Island. We each had our own space heater on this creaky wood floor. I'd be holding a warrior two for God, felt like five years stripping sweat. And she'd start telling these like stupid jokes and I would be cracking up. And it taught me in a way, whoa, I could be laughing and in a challenging position at the same time. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. It did something on a deep, Mm, somatic level that you know I I, I, I I like laughing I think it's good for us I think it's healing mm-hmm. I think that we should we should try to do it every single day yesterday we were talking to people we do this we have a whole corporate program and they wanted us to you know teach thousands of people all over the world so I said oh my god and I was telling them about the unplug app and how there's this one meditation on there called one minute of fun um, by Jordana Ream, where she literally is cracking up for a six, solid 60 seconds. And whenever I listen to it, it cracks me up. So I'm like, why don't we just try this for fun? So I play it and they did not crack a smile. 
It did not go. Oh. <laughs> and here oh. I am, both Heather and I, who are like on it, we're laughing so hard we can't stop laughing. We're not even smiling. One step at a time. It just makes me. It just makes me laugh because it really you don't know what it is that's going to trigger someone that's going Correct. to make them change. Like correct you specifically. Here you are studying, studying fashion and studying journalism. And then all of a sudden someone says, you're going to meet some hot guys, try this class. And the next thing you know, you dump everything. And now you're teaching thousands of people how to meditate and how to do yoga all the time. Yeah. And I was celibate for 10 years. So there goes the guys thing. <laughs> Wait, what? I go back to that next, I, time. next episode. <laughs> have, okay. Yeah, well, I know. There's. I just was watching something also on YouTube about the one of the oldest people in the world who's 120 years old. And he says his secret to life is simplicity, celibacy, and meditation. Yeah. That's like, that should be our next thing because like, I have like a lot to say on that. Because wow. Yeah. I, I happen to think having sex is definitely a good thing. Me too. Actually, Rev Gila. So Correct. I, I was, Oh, celibacy is never going to happen. No, it's just about understanding how powerful that energy is and using it consciously. That's all. There's one quote I'll say very quickly from Montak Chia. He's a Taoist master. He says, sexual energy is the chief commander of chi. You know what chi is, your life energy. Prana. Right. So sexual energy is the chief commander of your life force. We must cultivate it for health, wealth, and longevity. I agree. That's that's the one I'm gonna go with now. Right. Well, we'll take that. I'll take it. Um, and yes, okay. So I would love, also love to talk about the fact that you know I heard about you through my niece too. Oh, me yeah. about you, Lauren, Lauren Block now, who's also she's a nutritionist. But she takes her class. She loves it. She just thinks you're one of the most incredible yoga teachers. I've never taken your yoga class, but I can say your meditation classes get packed at Unplugged Studio. People love them on the Unplugged app. What do you think it is about you specifically that um, can get people who would never do this mm -hmm. to want to meditate all the time? Mm, that's a very, very sweet question. Uh, thank you for asking. The way that you asked it almost contains the answer is you said, how do you get people who maybe would never do this is I always try to put myself in the shoes of the meditator or the person of the student that's coming. And I try to meet people where they're at. I, want, I just want to make it as simple as possible so I can speak that person's language and try to understand what you know, there's, there's one or two handfuls of emotions that any human being can be experiencing at any given moment. Even though the, the content of what we may consider to be a problem or a life situation can be very different, it differentiates. We're feeling happy, we're feeling sad, we're feeling grief, we're feeling sorrow, we're feeling angry, we're feeling stuck, we're feeling lonely. It's like one of those. So I can speak to those emotions because we're all humans at the end of the day. And so I don't try to pretend that I know more. That's another thing is really, I just try to be a friend mm -hmm. to everyone. Mm -hmm. And I don't think of myself as like, I'm your teacher. But at the same time, I, I create this. The, the one thing I've learned about 
stepping into the role of teaching in a way that resonates with others is just to be able to hold space for as many people as possible. For me, yoga or meditation is regardless of like, everybody is welcome. That's the way that I was taught by Don and Amba is no matter where you come from, how long you've been on the path, you could be a brand new beginner. You could be a, you know, corporate person who doesn't even know what that they've even been breathing their entire life, (laughs) you know, and you will feel right at home. And I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's like that chameleon energy of being able to adapt to different forms, realizing that it's really all one. Mm-hmm. And unplug it's hard because, you know, we have teachers coming from all different forms, you know, yes. Zen, Buddhist, TM, Vedic, uh, hypnosis. And, and what we have to do is almost kind of like take all their education and strip them of it. Yeah. Even though that, and grab the history and the knowledge, but help them find their voice Correct. so that they can share it from an authentic real place because I think that's the key to a great teacher yeah teacher just like you said can speak to an entire room and help everyone find their path and have everyone have an aha moment at the same time exactly feel that you were speaking directly to them and I think the trick is really language I was just thinking that as you said that yeah it's language And we we talk about that a lot when we onboard teachers to the studio, not using specific words like, you know, are you feeling depressed, anxious, scared, stressed, or uncomfortable? We're just saying, how do you feel? Exactly. Never say, never Everybody in the room is feeling one way or another. So everyone in the room has the experience as opposed to planting seeds that don't belong to them. Correct. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you're so on point. I say this all the time when I'm teaching my teachers because I teach you know, I teach teacher trainings. I say never assume or project. Never assume that someone comes to meditation because they're stressed and their life is so no, mm-hmm. maybe things are going amazing and they come because you don't we do not know, but suppose like you just said, like how are you feeling today is enough because right. it allows that person to actually self-examine uh-huh. and get present with what is instead of you know, because the moment we say something, it plants a seed. And now it's like the law of attraction, right? It's like they say worrying is like praying for what you don't want. So the moment you say, oh, if you're feeling depressed today, now everyone starts thinking, feeling depressed. Right. So So we work a lot with that because I feel like anybody can memorize a script and anyone can get the knowledge that it takes to become a teacher. Yeah. But I think what's the most important thing is to have your own voice and your own perspective so that you can guide people on a journey. Yeah. That's their journey. Yeah. So I, I always remember we have, have you ever met Olivia Rosewood? No, I don't think so. Well, I have to have her on this podcast. And yeah. You. you would love her. She's one of the original teachers at Unplug. She still oh. teaches at Unplug. And she always gets angry with me when I call her a teacher because she always says, I'm not a teacher, I'm a guide. Yeah, I get it. And <laughs> it's true. I mean, like we're guiding people on their journeys. I always say we're like the travel agent to your own <laughs> in, your, in your destination. In our destination, so good. Um, well, I love this so much. So, you know, 
what does it feel like to teach it on plug? It feels amazing. It feels inspiring to me, Susie, because, you know, I, 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 gosh, who's listening to this? I don't want to say I prefer teaching meditation. So I love teaching meditation. Um, I think it's very necessary right now. And when I teach my online trainings, I'm teaching philosophy and meditation primarily. So teaching an unplug is amazing because it's an opportunity to first and foremost uh, exercise that voice, my voice in a creative way, because so just as there are so many different styles of meditation out there from like the past lineages and the traditions, which could sometimes be confusing to the modern mind, there are so many unique light workers, if I must say so myself, at Unplug that are, you are giving us a platform to figure out how to best translate the ancient teachings into a way that lands. And it really is like everyone has their own take and spin and flavor and everyone's coming from the heart. So I find that the students of Unplug are heart-centered, they're consistent, they're dedicated, they're devoted, and they're very to, they're very devoted to their own mm, meditation journey and personal growth journey. Like every time I tap into an online class, because right now we're all online, mm-hmm. um, I ask people what their intentions are. And I say, please be as specific as possible. And it's so cool how, first of all, people from all over the world are tuning in and their their intentions are very different so like i teach manifesting abundance or manifesting miracles these are just titles for a meditation that brings people's minds into a specific space of of creation but the the intentions of the unplugged students are so different Uh which is amazing someone is going through um loss Someone is go is uh, looking for creative inspiration. Someone has a lot of anxiety. Someone um, wants to you know manifest a new relationship, and each of those people is going to get what they need through that. And it's like it feels very uh, humbling and rewarding to be able to serve such a variety of people in a way where they really want it and they absorb it. If that makes sense, like you're curating. Um, such an accessible format of uh, non-intimidation stepping into this realm that can lead to so much magic. Like, like I said, like, you know, I feel like even from the corporate front, everything that you're doing with corporate meditation, it's just and thank beautiful- you for And thank you for doing those corporates for us because yeah, I'm so we, love, we love hiring you because you do resonate with everyone. And, you know, we're kind of, leading corporates for Google and YouTube. And I mean, all over the world now, it's getting to the point where Heather's who works behind the scenes on our corporate program is just like trying to get them all in. And, and she said, you're doing amazing. So we really appreciate that you are stepping in and guiding all these employees who suffer from secondhand stress. Oh yeah. I saw your secondhand stress. I literally was like, I looked at my phone. I said, she is on it. I said, who came up with that? Of course, Susie came up with second answer. It's a real thing. It is and a real thing. Of course. And, and the corporate realm, because, you know, I, it's easy to preach to the choir. I can go and teach uh, meditation at a yoga studio or at um, a Buddhist ashram or whatever it may be. Like, yes, but to be able to get to the people who are going to soak it up, who don't know that they don't know, who yeah. are ready for the wisdom, like 
that brings me so much joy. And that's who I want to be helping right now and serving and supporting and guiding. And so you provide a platform and a way for people to do that with such ease and excitement and fun. Like you said, we got to get those corporate people to laugh and we got to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, I think that's what makes it also unique is like, keep it, making sure that we keep it engaging and fun. Always. Yes. And that's what the unplugged teachers do on yeah. the app in the studio, inside corporations, et cetera. And I love that. There's enough seriousness out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing that got me is I literally felt a transformation inside of myself in three minutes. So much so that I ended up leaving my past position in fashion and starting this crazy company filled three with minutes. the best three minutes, filled with the best teachers on the planet. That's what I say about Unplugged. We have the best teachers in the entire world. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's about sharing your stories, sharing you um, with the world and having people understand that this could be you. And you could be waking up every morning loving what you do with your life. Yes. And I think that's the one thing I can say about all the teachers at Unplugged. They wake up in the morning and they get to do this and it's a privilege and they love it and it's just cool to be able to do it it's amazing yeah you gotta just follow your passion follow that part that perhaps doesn't always make logical sense but in your heart of hearts and your center feels expansive it feels aligned and it's a step-by-step -step journey it doesn't have to be all at once but what's one step you can take toward honoring that voice within because as mentioned we are not just our mind we have a mind it's a tool but there's more and i think that it's um it's a disservice to existence to um not allow yourself to experience pleasure passion joy creativity and whatever that is for you because that's your meditation is to just say i deserve relaxation i deserve peace and to know that you deserve it is going to lead you to this it's all right here right now 